Thinking aloud. Conversations on the leading edge of knowledge and discovery with psychologist Jeffrey Mishlove. Hello and welcome. I'm Jeffrey Mishlove. This is part one of our two-part series on languages of the cosmos. With me is Nancy Dutertre, who is the author of How to Talk to an Alien. She is also the author of Psychic Intuition, Everything You Wanted to Ask But Were Afraid to Know. In addition, she's a corporate attorney specializing in securities litigation. She's a spiritual medium and a practicing psychic detective and remote viewer. Welcome, Nancy. Thank you, Jeffrey. It's a pleasure to be with you. Amongst your many other uh, talents is that you're endeavoring to establish a new discipline that we might think of as exolinguistics. Yes, I am definitely thinking of it as exolinguistics. Mm-hmm. Um, it is a basically, I mean, if I were to describe the field, it is a exo meaning off or off planet linguistics, you know, the study of language. So it would be the study of alien languages. Mm-hmm. And I always use the word alien. I'll apologize in advance to your viewers and everybody else, but I get very politically incorrect. I will say psychic instead of, you know, intuitive. I'll say alien instead of visitor, star person, whatever. Uh, abductions instead mm-hmm. of contact. Well, but we're, we're calling this interview series Languages of the Cosmos. And the reason I wanted to have kind of a larger feeling towards it is because in your work, you include uh, uh, communication with angels, communication with uh, what some people might consider demonic entities. You're looking at uh, ritual magic uh, from uh, the Middle Ages and the High Renaissance. You're, you're looking at uh, many, many different threads, mediumistic channelings of uh, other languages. So you, you seem to be suggesting that there's a common thread that runs through all of these mysterious languages that come from multiple sources. I think the way they get reported is mm-hmm. interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, they are what you might call um, nonsense languages mm-hmm. because they come through. We don't know what they mean. Some people are speaking them. Some people are uh, channeling and writing them. Um, but they, the people who receive them will say that they exactly, they got them from angels or demons or, or aliens or, and they'll, sometimes they'll describe which one, which group of aliens, which species. So, mm-hmm. um, what I've tried to do is to be very non-judgmental about all of this, which means, I mean, I don't approach this from the point of view of, you know, oh, if, the, if it's coming from a demon, you know, it's bad, bad, bad. How about we don't know what that entity is? Maybe it is negative. There, mm-hmm. I do believe they're negative as well as positive entities out there. Mm-hmm. Look at the languages and then start to compare them. Across the ages, did did you know the the um, the angel who allegedly handed the mathematician John Dee, who was the astrologer to Queen Elizabeth the first yes. of England, he was busy praying on the second floor of some tower, and an angel shows up floating mm. and hands him a um, a quartz uh, sphere. 
Now he called that an angel. He then went on to trace what he called it was a, a light language. He saw it as a yellow outline. He would trace it. Mm-hmm. It was given to him by this angel backwards. Yeah. It was considered too powerful to deliver forwards. It became known as an angelic or Enochian language based on the, the book of Enoch. And uh, we might mention that John Dee was one of the foremost mathematicians of his era. Uh, he was also a, a practitioner of uh, what people in, in that era thought of as ritual magic. He used the language to invoke spirits, as I recall. The language was used to perform magical feats. Mm-hmm. And many of them were doing that. I mean, they, you had uh, Paracelsus, who be- was roughly a contemporary of his, an alchemist. And who was considered one of the founders of modern medicine, by the way. Yes, mm-hmm. of uh, toxicology. Mm-hmm. And uh, he used different types of angelic language. He had his own angelic language. Yep. I don't know how he acquired it. But he would use it in different talismans and things, healing mechanisms Mm -hmm. to give to people. Apparently it worked. Mm -hmm. But my point is, you take whatever the writing is, you don't put a judgment on it. Oh, it came from an angel. Oh, it came from I don't know what. It came from an alien. Start to match them up. Mm -hmm. Once you can see what the characters start to look like, then you have a basis for some comparison. And then you may be able able to make a judgment about the source of those languages. Now, you've looked at dozens and dozens of examples of this sort, um, and you've noticed certain commonalities or certain groupings of uh, these languages. Yeah. I mean, it's it's fascinating to me. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people who, who channel, say, aliens yes. or alien writing, they... Automatic writing. They'll say, oh, there's only one kind of alien, and they only write this way. Mm -hmm. And that's not true. They come through many, many different ways. In my book, How to Talk to an Alien, I do talk about, I show examples. Some of them look um, very similar to the uh, uh, Mi'kmaq indigenous peoples in uh, northern Canada on the East Coast. Mm. Um, some of them have symbols that are uh, you can match up from different channeled writings, mm-hmm. match them up with ancient uh, uh, Arabic uh, Sabaean uh, writings from 500 BC. Others you can match up with Sumerian. Others you can uh, they they look faintly Chinese. Mm-hmm. I've shown them to these to professors and people from all over the world. Uh, one of them that I thought looked Chinese, a Chinese professor looked at it and I said. Is that Chinese? She said, no, not at all. But she flipped it over sideways, and she said, but it looks Middle Eastern. Mm-hmm. And I thought, oh, gee, that's that's really interesting. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, but more than that, so you're seeing relationships with ancient human languages. Yes. You're seeing cross-relationships between channeled languages f- across the centuries from angels, uh, angels or aliens. Mm-hmm. And you're also seeing... Um, you can match up the uh, characters and languages from uh, different language uh, channeled languages. I know you found uh, in certain instances some of the same characters coming through multiple sources. Right. And w- one of the things I'm trying to suggest that people do, people tend to get very dismissive of 
especially the channeled work. You know, oh, it's yeah. psychic, it's it's automatic writing, it's dream work, it's whatever it is, it's subjective, throw it out. Mm-hmm. That's what any good scientist is going to do. Yep. I'm saying no, put them back into the game because you can start to match them with the actual writings, artifacts that have writings, mm-hmm. or ancient languages, and then you start to find the commonalities. And they exist. It's absolutely fascinating. Mm-hmm. So, in, in other words, you're thinking of the Rosetta Stone, or, uh, yeah. perhaps, that yeah. there, there might actually be a uh, an authentic language underlying all of this. We might even learn how to interpret it. I th- my guess mm-hmm. is that there are several what you might call authentic languages. I think you're dealing with many different races and species of Aliens and or angels and or demons, Mm -hmm. but of entities within our spiritual universe. Um, And I think that if you want to talk about a single language, Mm -hmm. the single language is probably simply thought on thought. It uh, bypasses uh, language. It bypasses auditory. It bypasses visual. That's the universal thought. Mm-hmm. It's fragmented into our different languages that we can understand with our different senses. Mm-hmm. And, well, if we think of our normal earthly languages, uh, each language seems to convey with it a, a sensibility about the world, would you say? As a person who is multilingual yourself? Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Um I well, I'm I'm fluent in French. I speak a little German, a little Thai. Um, but when I started learning other languages, I realized, of course, I mean, and you know, this the things you there's no way you can say them in another language. Mm-hmm. But it's a real thing. It's a real expression. It's a real sentiment. Whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Um, so you learn that your sense of reality actually alters. It's either expanded or constricted, not only by the the syntax, the grammar, the format, but also the vocabulary of each different language. Mm-hmm. Language really shapes a tremendous amount of how we take in the world. Mm-hmm. Now, you've mentioned when you think of aliens, you consider them basically to be multi-dimensional beings. So, you see no point in distinguishing between what some people might call astral plane entities as opposed to aliens. That uh, They're all part of a spectrum, I think, in your mind. Would that be correct? I don't claim to have enough information to know. I can mm-hmm. only say that given what I understand about shape, shape-shifting abilities, Yes. And the ability to communicate on different ladders of um, communication, Mm -hmm. okay? Uh, I'm not willing to say that they're all the same, nor am I willing to say they're all different. Mm -hmm. I don't know enough. Well, when we think of aliens, it's fair to say that we live in an era where there is uh, enormous controversy. Some people think that it's all a product of the subconscious mind and human imagination, and other people think, oh no, the U.S. government has been engaging in diplomatic relations with alien races from other planets for generations. Mm -hmm. Uh, At this point, I think between you and me, the uh, the, the wisest perspective is to say, I, we don't know what we don't know. 
It's, it's, it's something of a mystery. I've heard enough stories through enough people firsthand to be just convinced that they are among us, with us, and we're dealing with them. Mm -hmm. Well, um, fair enough. I, I have to tell you, I've had many experiences m myself that might convince another person, but I don't feel quite that convinced yet. But at the same time, even, even aliens or no, uh, it strikes me that what we're looking at here when we, when we examine these languages is uh, the cosmos is speaking to us, whether it's through our subconscious mind. You even go so far as to suggest that crop circles that are created fraudulently by people who admit that they went out and faked them uh, could actually have been motivated by, some might say it's a subconscious urge, other people might say it's a, a manipulation by some sort of uh, outside intelligence. First of all, I have to say, mm -hmm. uh, between me and my husband, who's very skeptical about everything, yeah. crop circles are the only things that he says, absolutely, they're, they're alien. Mm -hmm. I, on the other hand, I'm pretty wide open when it comes to most, thing, most things, but crop circles always kind of troubled me a little bit. And I met uh, somebody, this was a very long time ago, who claimed we went to a place in England uh, known to be sort of a hangout for locals involved in crop circles. Mm-hmm. Um, this guy said he was banking them. He said he was drawn to them at first because uh, he'd been told they were aliens making. He was very disappointed when he found out they weren't. Mm -hmm. He said there's a group of maybe 50, 60 people making them. Mm -hmm. uh, but what he thought was odd was that very often he'd come up with the same concept for a crop circle one night on the same night that somebody else would in his group or, or more. Mm -hmm. Or that they would be, as they're making them, in the dark, bumping into each other without knowing it, or being guided by the well-known orbs mm -hmm. of light. So, yeah, why not? And if there's information sh such as, you know, new uh, Euclid Euclidean geometric uh, theorems being provided, or, um, you know, what was the, uh, the latest one was uh, the astrophysicist from Canada, uh, who found the, one of them represents, it's a pictorial representation of the number pi, mm -hmm. even rounded up with a dot. Hmm. They're interesting things. There's mm -hmm. maybe information there, yeah. maybe alien information. Mm -hmm. Why not? There's a famous book that was published at the around the turn of the 20th century called From India to the Planet Mars, <laughs> Uh, written by Theodore Flournoy, who was a psychologist in, in that era, in the mm -hmm. early era of psychology. And he, he worked with a, a spirit medium. Uh, I believe he called her Helene Smith. I'm not sure mm -hmm. that was her actual name. And he concluded at the end of the day that uh, the language she produced, which she claimed was a Martian language, was actually a, a product of her subconscious mind. And yet it was a, a rather well-elaborated, uh, sophisticated language. I have all kinds of problems with the way that he made that conclusion. I've, mm -hmm. I've read that. Um, I I don't know how he came to the conclusion of making a one-to-one -one correspondence between 
her letters, her Martian yes. letters, or her Martian words, because mm-hmm. he doesn't explain it in the book. Right. He sort of assumes it and then goes on and says, well, mm-hmm. case closed. It looks just like French. We're, we're done here. And a skeptical interpretation, of course, would satisfy a lot of academics. Of course. Mm-hmm. Well, he was already talking about her... Um, what was there? He had some really great choice, like turn of the century words for you know her her romance fantasy. Mm-hmm. You know when yeah. she was talking about her her trance deliveries. But mm-hmm. what I did is I took her alleged Martian language, yes. a little clip of it. I compared it to that of uh, John Dee, mm-hmm. the uh, 16th century uh, English alchemist, yes, uh, mathematician, mm-hmm. and I said, oh. Isn't that interesting? I found right off the bat, I think it was three or four virtually identical characters Mm -hmm. in their languages. Now, I don't know whether one alphabet was bigger than the other or whether they're related, but the fact that you could find so many identical characters Mm -hmm. suggests maybe his angel and her Martian Mm -hmm. are maybe... Communicating in a similar language. Mm -hmm. Well, we live in an era where there are many different sources of individuals who claim to have had actual two-way conversations with aliens. Sometimes Mm -hmm. as a a result of abductions. Sometimes it seems to be they were chosen or gifted uh, with it. It could be channeling. It could be a a chance Mm -hmm. encounter. Uh, Some of it is probably fake. Uh, mm-hmm. Some of it might be deliberate misinformation. So the mm-hmm. the field is is very very cloudy. Yeah, I think you'd have to agree with Absolutely. that. Absolutely. So it, it makes the job of an exolinguist <laughs> particularly difficult. Right, it does. Mm-hmm. But you have to be up for the challenge because the reward that could be waiting potentially mm-hmm. yeah. is huge. Mm-hmm. Because if we're we're dealing, of course, you know, the reports of people being abducted all the time out yes. of the bedrooms. We have uh, reports from the military. Their the spaceships are, are allegedly violating our commercial and military airspace. Yes, They're interfering with nuclear, the nuclear uh, weapons. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So it behooves us mm-hmm. to be able to communicate with them, not just to receive their communication, but to be able to talk back. You can't do that unless you've spent some time thinking about what, what is their level of communication? Mm-hmm. I think part of the problem may be, uh, from the point of view of one well-known UFO researcher, Jacques Vallée, that uh, it may well be that these uh, aliens uh, are deliberately deceiving us. He calls them uh, messengers mm-hmm. of deception, that mm-hmm. they don't want us to know mm-hmm. their intentions. I think that we are, from everything I have ever read mm-hmm. and heard from the many people I know who do communicate yes. and who are in touch, mm-hmm. um, there is a level of intelligence which is very advanced. Mm-hmm. What we might perceive as muddying up the water or, you know, the people say, well, when are they going to show up on the, on the lawn of the White House? Yeah. You know, they can do it. Why don't they do it? Or for the skeptics on the crop circles, well, why don't they send us a, you know, a radio message? Maybe they don't need to. Maybe mm-hmm. there is information on s- so many different levels that they are responding. Mm-hmm. Maybe it is not muddied up as far as they're concerned. Mm-hmm. Um, and can they shapeshift? 
I have no doubt. Can they cause, do they have mind control abilities that are phenomenal? Mm -hmm. Causing, for example, people who see uh, spacecraft, I, I mean, it's classic. They, everybody forgets to pick up their camera. Oops, why did I forget to do that? I've been trying to see a, a UFO mm -hmm. for how many years? They don't. Well, there people, are photographs. Well, there course, are. No, but I'm saying, yeah. but people forget. Mm -hmm. Or if there, you get several people in a car, mm -hmm. only a couple of them will see a craft that's right there. Yeah. Why is that? Mm -hmm. I, I believe they can manipulate our yeah. perceptive abilities. Mm -hmm. Well, you get... Um, a lot of comparable phenomenon in different disciplines. You get it in the, in the field of apparitions and, and ghosts mm -hmm. where you'll have uh, several people may see an apparition Absolutely. and uh, other people in the same uh, location may not. Uh, right. uh, shamans uh, in various cultures have long reported uh, communication with what they call the star people. Mm -hmm. Uh, it's hard to, for me, it's, it's hard to sort it all out. It seems like it's a, a vast universe and we know so little about it. But one thing is certainly clear and, and that is that just in recent decades, we're learning more and more and more about uh, nearby, relatively nearby planets in our section of the galaxy that seem to be capable of supporting life as we know it. Yeah. There, and there's no reason to think that they're not visiting or that they can't be more advanced mm -hmm. on many different levels. I mean, I do believe they are. I, from what I wrote about, um, I was trying to not only um, gather some information about how many different languages are we talking about, but also what I found very interesting was many of them, and I'm talking about aliens, were mm -hmm. alleged aliens, uh, some of them speak with no accents and some of them speak with incredibly difficult accents, mm -hmm. and they've been described as anything from um, Scandinavian to Arabic to Chinese-sounding accents mm -hmm. or other planetary accents. Mm -hmm. There was one, and this is one of my favorite um, stories, was this is from um, a well-known uh, case in Italy that started in the 1950s, the W56 friendship case. It yes. went on for about 40 years. Mm -hmm. And one of the aliens there, they allegedly lived in a 200-mile underground base beneath the Adriatic Sea, mm -hmm. and they communicate with a local group of uh, a town, mm -hmm. as well as later many Europeans. So there are many witnesses. Many. Of individuals who say that they spoke to aliens who, who came from this, did you say, underwater or underground under, base? Yes. And mm -hmm. it was a collective, and they apparently had many different alien species mm -hmm. all together, but mm -hmm. one of them learned how to speak Italian uh, by listening to um, old tapes of Mussolini. Mm -hmm. So, I, I, I'm assuming he, he had a kind of a sharp type <laughs> of a voice and he would talk a bit like this. Uh -huh. You know, and that's information. Yeah. That tells you that that alien wasn't interacting a heck of a lot with actual other humans, mm -hmm. wasn't picking up the nuances. Yeah. But there were other aliens in that collective who had apparently really good understandings of um, puns, metaphors, nuances, which means they were interacting mm -hmm. with humans. That's all data for us. Yeah. Uh, so much of this data is mind-blowing, mind-bending. Another word might be unbelievable. It's so bizarre, so strange that uh, typical people tend to... Uh, 
unless it's a story that they themselves have experienced, they just go into disbelief. It must make it very difficult for anybody attempting to do serious work. I wrote, I, because I've gone through this from not being psychic to being trained psychic mm -hmm. to being paranormal investigator and then finally into ufology. Yes. Which I, and I never thought any of them were, were connected. Mm -hmm. um, I wrote in my book, Psychic Intuition, I said something like, and I think I was talking about spirits, and I said, you know, but if it came to a space alien, well, you know, I'd have to see one if I were ever going to believe in it. Mm -hmm. Well, the time has come. And so here I am, but I, I understand being on that side of the bridge. Yeah. Well, we, we live in an era where I think it's reasonable to say that uh, our species is, is going to be reaching out to the stars. Uh, with It's only a matter of maybe a number of generations bef before we uh, have starships of our own. If it's 100 years or 200 years. Uh, we'll, we'll be. Or maybe now. Or maybe now. Some people say it happened decades <laughs> ago, as, as a matter of fact. Uh, I am skeptical, as, as, as I've said, but mm -hmm. let me say, I, um, as many of our viewers may know, I've authored a book called The PK Man, mm -hmm. and it's about a man named Ted Owens, who is the author of a book called How to Contact Space People. And in part two, of our two-part series, we're going to go into some detail into the, uh, that 10-year investigation of mine and how you look at it from the perspective of exolinguistics. Fantastic. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Me and, too. Um, but as we finish up this interview, for most of our viewers who are probably a bit bewildered by all of this, do you have any final thoughts? I think my final thoughts are... Um, to try and uh, keep yourself as open as possible, eliminate fear, eliminate judgment, and look at this as any other scientific-ish exploration and uh, see what it brings. You already have huge numbers in the, in the American population, at least, people all over the world who know that this phenomenon is real. In, in fact, there are huge numbers of people, I know this to be the case, large numbers, thousands and thousands of people who believe themselves to be alien in some way or another. Yes, and I've met people like that also. Mm -hmm. Well, Nancy Duterte, thank you so much for sharing uh, your explorations into exolinguistics with thank me. Thank you. Appreciate it. My pleasure. And thank you for being with us. Be sure to check your listings for part two of this two-part series on languages of the cosmos.